This is the EPLOG audio experience. Welcome to Hit the Road. This is India's number one podcast for all you cycling enthusiasts. My name is Rohan Takar and it's so great to be back. And this is episode number 30. I am here to bring experiences of amazing cyclists to you on your screens. This is India's number one podcast for triathlon and cycling enthusiasts. And I have with me someone very special today. He is none other than Asthad Palkiwala. Welcome to the show, Asthad. Yeah, thanks, Rohan. Thanks for having me. So, for all the listeners who don't know who Astad is, you might be living under a rock because he has been cycling since 1985. Am I right? Yeah, 85. Wow. I am 24. You have been riding since 85. So, that's more than 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> you're, make, you're making me feel old. No, but huh? you race like a panther. And he comes from a family of cyclists. His, his father, mother, sister and himself are amazing cyclists and... Um, he told me a very amazing stuff that he started his career in cycling with track cycling. And he's now in the master's category racing on the road in mass races and time trial. And we are going to talk about all this in this episode. So without wasting any time, let's begin to the show. So, uh, Astat, how has your lockdown been? not been that bad uh, actually luckily i'm used to riding the trainer yeah. so i've done about more than uh, more about three and a half thousand kilometers i've done since the lockdown on the trainer oh wow uh, it's okay i'm driving everybody crazy at home uh, riding the trainer but uh, mm. i guess they've got used to me by now yeah and it's not been that bad but it's a bit frustrating when you can't get onto the road yes that's true and uh, it's been and with the monsoons approaching. Usually, I don't uh, train on the roads mm, in the monsoons mm. because of the risk factor. Mm. That way, it's a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit frustrating. Otherwise, yeah. it's been okay, mm. not bad. Mm. So, Asad, uh, more than thirty years. How's been the journey for you? How did you get into cycling? How did you discover your love for cycling? Yeah, yeah mainly it's because of my mm. parents. Both my parents were racing. Yeah. Uh, my mom and dad both were national champions. Mm. My dad was also national champion in mm-hmm. swimming. And uh, and they were my mom and dad. We were they were both racing till we were almost uh, say like uh, my dad was racing till almost 84, 85. Mm-hmm. My mom was racing till about 82, 83. Okay. So we have seen them racing, you know, as kids. My sister is also a national champion. She's a year younger mm-hmm. to me. She's also ex national champion. Uh, and uh, so it was that which got us into it. My dad uh, was a very big factor in the sense he was our coach and you know everything coach. Come uh, sponsor, come <laughs> team mech- uh, mechanic, yeah. everything you know. So we used to take. Uh, so it was a big. Uh, he was a big influence. Mm. And where did you train? Uh, initially, we I used to stay in town. So Marine Drive used to be the place where I started training on. Yeah. And then it was the west. Uh, then we shifted to Andheri. So then it was Western Express Highway. Right. And my dad used to be accompanying us every time on the training session on the mm. scooter with us. Initially, dad used to come on the cycle okay. with us. But then it was the scooter mm. with us. Once we got faster and faster <laughs> years progressor <laughs> then he came on the scooter yeah and used to be on the scooter with us you told me you started your uh, competitive cycling career with the uh, the track so how was that yeah yeah all the time with the track see uh, track racing was a very big part because my dad and mom both were track riders mm. and uh, we had a track in bombay that vallabhai patel stadium used mm. to be the, the nsci there was a velodrome over yeah. there. We even held a couple of national championships over mm-hmm. there. And uh, although we used to train on the road because the problem was the track was all the time in a very bad shape mm-hmm. because 
of the slip it used to be very dirty and also we used to train on the road on track bikes okay with the single brake fixed wheel uh, but uh, we then the racing was on the track okay most of the racing was on the track hmm nice and uh, 30 years you might have seen everything that uh, the cycling world in india has <laughs> uh, yeah yeah almost everything yeah so if you do a compare how is it now how was it back then see back then uh, the thing was the the parent body you know the maharashtra cycling association mm. was in a much better shape than what it is right mm. now right now it's in total shambles it's in a total mess but the thing the sad part is that with uh, the interest in cycling has yes. grown maybe 50 fold or maybe 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 60 fold or 70 fold than what it was at that time uh, we used to there was no first of all there was no equipment available mm. to us at all over mm. here for us every nut and bolt you had to you know struggle unless or until you kept some spares or yeah. somebody would ha- have it you know so there was nothing available to us over here equipment wise now things are available easily people are so interested in it but sadly the the body is in a mess yeah. the racing aspect of it was as gone you know we used to mm. almost have races every weekend during the season the season would be like from uh, you could say from october to april or may we used to have right. almost have racing every weekend mm-hmm. but now that's all all gone basically because of the mess the uh, state body is in right the track in bombay was demolished in uh, 97 or 98 mm. which was the saddest part so we lost all the track racing in bombay right that's the other thing mm-hmm. i remember uh, mithen uh, who was on the show few episodes back he was talking about his experience and he also uh, i believe raced with you so he mentioned to me yeah mithen has raced <laughs> yeah. so he he told me that even getting a quick release was a difficult task yeah i am telling you for every nut and bolt uh, if you some, sometimes you got into trouble and uh, in fact you had a small thing mm. on a bicycle as small as an uh, as a small bolt or something mm. which uh, you broke or got bad and you could uh, be in a mess because you wouldn't have a spare right now how is your training going on now what are you preparing for how is it going you have been participating in masters category now uh, yeah so i was expecting that uh, before all this covid mm. thing hit and the lockdown happened mm. we were expecting the masters national championships to be coming up in uh, july uh, july or august mm-hmm. july end or august i don't know i don't think so it will be held that close but the basic training was for okay. that uh, for preparing for, for the national champion the masters nationals mm-hmm. nowadays i'm training in such a way that it's uh, almost like uh, close to base training so that if there is a event i, I can be i can get into top shape in about 3 uh, or 4 weeks time so i'm training that way nice there's no sense uh, uh, get, getting your peak right now because there are no events uh, mm. announced or any right so let's see keeping fingers crossed what do you think about the competitive scenario now in the post covid era i believe anything would begin by the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 so how do you think how will it shape up now it it's a very mercurial situation you know the situation is changing mm. uh, daily mm. see the see europe is getting back to racing the tour de france held uh, and uh, most of the major classics like the tour of flanders uh, paris mm. roubaix is going to be held i think the giro also is going to be held mm. So let's see how the scenario is here. But then we still have options. Like uh, suppose you're 
not able to do bunch racing you can always have events like time trials which is an yeah. individual event right so you are not uh, so those options are always open but i have a feeling that by the end of the year things should be getting uh, creeping back to normal hmm. i hopefully we should be in november december we should be back into the racing mode i hope so hmm hmm astad what is your uh, regime now or your regular regime of training and cycling because you are a pilot as well so how are you managing yes. all this yeah you got to you know the basic idea is uh, train when you have the time hmm. don't waste any time when you get on the bike hmm. that's the basic rule that i follow okay because i get very limited ta- limited time to train mm-hmm. so usually uh, the 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 thing is that when i am uh, in bombay and it's not uh, the rainy season okay i usually go out on the roads for training so that would be getting up at 3:30 in the morning mm. i do about uh, 45 minutes to 50 minutes of stretching mm-hmm. so with that and getting the bike ready and getting everything ready by uh, by about 5 i'm out of the house okay sometimes it's even earlier mm. so by about quarter to 5 or 4:30 i'm out of the yeah. house i train on the eastern express highway with my uh, teammates and friends mm. so my house is 20 kilometers from the highway so i ride all the way i leave it i don't go on a car or anything i go on the bicycle only yeah. so i'll ride to eastern express meet up with my friends and teammates over there and then train over there and then back home nice so usually the normal training session would be about uh, on the road would be close to about 80 to between 80 and 90 kilometers mm. the total distance mm-hmm. Uh, then the usual thing you come back home have a nice breakfast sleep for a sleep for at least one or two hours yeah. and then you know the usual rut, rut uh, you, you get into the usual kids and it's a <laughs> holiday the kids kids mm. kids want to go out and uh, the usual thing and i try to sleep early early means uh, if i get into bed by about 10 10:30 it's good for me okay i don't uh, have lot of late nights or anything like that i'm i've been like uh, into cycling so mm-hmm. right from the beginning so that that's never been a problem for me yeah so how how was it growing that. up in a cycling family because uh, it's very rare in india to have the complete family dedicated to cycling actually it's great because every sunday as a small child you know you get up mm-hmm. in the morning you know there's going to be a race mm-hmm. so you you get ready you go to a race you both your parents are racing mm-hmm. so it's it was it was absolutely fantastic uh, my uncle is also uh, whose place i'm stuck at he was also a national champion oh wow and i'm the third generation because my mom's mama Mm-hmm. was also a national champion multiple times and he had represented india in the 48 olympics wow in cycling when was so it so you 1948 olympics the first olympics after the after independence in london right that was when my mother's mama i means my grandmother's mm-hmm. brother from my mom's side uh, he represented so he was also multiple national champion okay so you know it's been in the family you you talk cycling all the time and mm. uh, it's also a lot of uh, passion is there then uh, you had <laughs> you were around cycling magazines <laughs> you were around cyclist yes so it was very natural for me to take up cycling actually i used to do athletics before okay school okay but then i had an uh, injury in my left heel and uh, it was a spur and it was giving me trouble right so ultimately i landed up into cycling okay astad we have received a question by ca vikram seth and he says great to listen to you astad how do you build your peak performance before a competitive event first of all you cannot uh, build your peak performance till you have a strong base it's a uh, so you do do a lot of base mm. training months uh, in advance of your mm. event 
and then you slowly slowly start improving uh, so basically uh, getting peak performances depends on what kind of event mm. you are doing so if it's uh, if you are going to do a event which is uh, racing based like you are going to do a 40 km or 20 km individual time mm. trial or something then you would start reduce the quantity of the training and you will improve the quality so you start doing speed work you as the event comes closer you'll start doing more of the speed work and more of recovery hmm. so basically you are not getting ti- uh, tired and then it's like a taper you keep on tapering 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 till you reach your event hmm. so you're basically absolutely fresh when you hit the event and you have done your necessary speed work the speed work would generally take about 4 weeks of speed work should be good enough but you should know actually how to taper and it takes it comes with experience right. basically reading your uh, reading your body you know reading yourself yes. how how you're feeling you constantly are assessing you know right. how your feeling goes from one uh, uh, one time to the other it might differ a bit hmm. so you are you want to get to your best shape basically for uh, and you can do that once a year or maximum twice a year absolutely yeah from track cycling what happened see i was uh, basically a track guy i won all my national medals on the track hmm. and, and uh, then uh, i was state champion uh, when i was in the juniors as well as the men uh, elite mm. for 12 years straight from 1990 to 2002 mm. in in between when i was junior also i used to race in the men category mm. so and then uh, i had national medals on the track uh, also okay and then i had a gap of uh, about 10 years i was out of racing uh, because uh, due to other family things my son uh, i was uh, my son was born in 2003 and he had a problem at birth okay. so you know those things were taking out a lot of time from me so i couldn't race basically so i was out of racing for about a ten, i had a 10 year gap of racing oh. i had not raced after 2002 i had not raced till i did my first race in 2012 mm. and when i wanted to come back onto the track i was told by the state association that i won't be allowed to ride uh, in the elite category since i was over 35 which is some strange kind of rule which they made i don't know for what reason and what because there are people who are riding uh, the tour de france mm. who are in the uh, touching their 40s in fact valverde the current world champion is 40 years mm. old alexander valverde jens mm. void and all those guys were riding the tour de france so they avoided uh, they told me that in the any of the men elite event event uh, events even uh, when i wanted to ride the bombay pune just for uh, getting into the mm. groove they refused to take my entry mm. so actually that is what uh, kept me out of track racing otherwise i would have got, got back onto the track because the only track event we have is the state hmm. and then the uh, the organization was the state association was in such a mess that i guess there was no, hardly any track championships also being held you know hmm. so then uh, you know my friends uh, who were ex uh, who were cycling with me so especially uh, my friends like pankaj marlesha who is also chatrapati award winner bombay pune mm. winner he was uh, one of the main guys you know who i would have not come back to racing again you know he pushed me are no 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 do it do it and he helped me you know in all all sorts of ways equipment wise when i need a equipment because he helped mm. me out and then uh, my other friends also in the team right like robin and francis and all that you know they were very encouraging you know they would travel with me come to the races and tell told me don't worry we, we can race in other states we can race in uh, ahmedabad we mm. can race at mm. nasik so they they were the guys who are totally responsible for pushing me and then i was they were telling me are and you know like i had to do road events which yes. i was never used to because yes. i was basically a track guy so they said, no no don't worry yeah, you are good enough ever the guys who push me and ultimately year before last i won the masters nationals so 
it's thanks to them you know wonderful. for that push for the second phase of my career right wonderful so how was the transition from your track days to your road race days so how did you transition see, uh, what difference uh, do you I feel start- uh see when i started track racing i was basically purely a sprinter mm. my main events were the 1 km time trial and that okay then after after a few years i transitioned to riding the 4 km individual pursuit which is considered as a roadman event on the track uh, endurance event on the track mm-hmm. so and i used to love riding individual time trials even on the road okay so what i would do is every time they had a state selection for the national championships for the road championships hmm. i would go and ride the individual time trial the, they usually have a 40 km individual time trial on the road right. i one i most mostly won all of them which i took part in although i never went for the uh, road nationals hmm. because i was not interested in the road hmm. but that's what uh, you know so basically my endurance base was quite good you mm, know mm, that way mm. so because i used to ride the 4 km individual pursuit on the track which takes a lot of endurance training mm. also all the people may think it's just 4 uh, km yeah. but you got to do a lot of yeah. endurance work right. also for the for that event and so it was not very difficult for me to transition mm. it was not very difficult and of my friends uh, they were the main motivators yes and you know they would come with me like my friends would come with me for the nationals you know two or three guys you know we would go all in a group mm. for other races to amdabad or to nasik or mm. you know so it was quite good that way right and then the events were very well held you know then when i saw how <laughs> the events in amdabad yes i'm just i'm just going to come on <laughs> uh so you know that makes a big mm. difference the way it was organized in amdabad i ride the tour i've been riding the tour of pavagad also mm. since the last 2 uh, years now yeah. i won it last 2 years so that's uh, in baroda that's a race in baroda and very well organized yes. the amdabad sugar free cyclotron very well organized mm. uh, nasik pellet uh, nasik used to do a very good event yes. uh, nasik pellet on uh, team event which i have not participated in the last uh, i think 2 years time mm. but it was very very well organized so it makes a big difference it, it, you want to go back to those events yes. you know where you are actually welcomed and the the main part is the event is organized well safety aspect of things, yes. you know those state things are taken care of absolutely and safety is one of the biggest things in an in a race especially in india because you never know what can come from your behind or even your front for that matter it's not it's it's not just a race mm. safety is the biggest aspect where even every time you step out yeah. you know for training yeah. so that's why guys you know you got to be very careful first of all you check your equipment yeah. have a spend little bit less money on other stuff but have a very mm. good quality helmet don't uh, buy these uh, <coughs> cheap quality ones uh, you know which may be cheaper but you know they don't mm. offer you any protection wear the helmet correctly mm. have illumination have lights on your bikes you know those things it's uh, it's money well spent you know it will save your life mm. and uh, also you know you got to be careful in the senses that new kids who are coming into cycling go on the road alone go yeah. in a group or go uh, let your parents come with you initially hmm. till you get the hang of things yes go with some uh, you know go, you can go with experienced riders they'll teach you a lot of things hmm. a lot of things can be learned from experienced people you know they teach you a lot of things so that will help you help them safety wise i'm talking about yes so i hope uh, mr shivadan kugatuli your question has been answered on looking at the indian roads how to take care of the safety and what is the suggestion that uh, Astad has given to all of us. I remember you talking about the need for a track in India as many places as possible. What's your take on that? Why why is that so? 
India, there are a lot of places which have got tracks. In fact, uh, mm. we need a track in Bombay desperately. Oh, yes. <laughs> because, uh, see, if you want to, want grassroots level racing, mm. you know, you want people to come up from the grassroots. Mm. A track is very important. And uh, kids, when they start on the track, see, we started, I started track racing when I was 12 years old. Hmm. So it's a very safe environment hmm. to ride in because you're not encountering any traffic or anything like that. The races can be held in control environment. You know, you can have different hmm. kind of hmm. races. And people, you know, you can have, we used to have our inter-schools on the track, which we cannot have now because there is no track available hmm. to us. So you can have grassroots level racing, you right. know. The track is extremely important to kids, especially if you want them to come up and uh, you, you see the result of track racing, uh, all, all the current uh, crop of top riders uh, from Bradley Wiggins to Geraint Thomas, Absolutely. all these people have come up from track racing. You see Rowan Dennis, all these guys, you see the Australian model and the British model of racing, Absolutely. all the top road riders are have come from the track and track racing is, uh, it teaches a lot of other skills also to the, to the kids because you are racing without brakes mm. on fixed wheel mm. bikes. Mm. So it's so pure the, power. The skill level increases. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this and the, even the skill mm. level increases. Mm. So the the kids learn uh, different skills, but we desperately require a track in uh, Bombay, uh, which is sad that uh, we used to have one of the, it was a very good velodrome at Verdi mm. NSCI, mm. which was broken down. Yes, and a track is just not track that like Pune also has a track which was built in '94, but if you see the state of the track you will be wondering is it a sports arena or what mm -hmm. is it you know so we require a well-maintained track in bombay maybe a simple one but at least a velodrome in bombay we desperately require a velodrome in bombay so Astad, that brings me to a question which i'm sure many would be having of course uh, cricket and football right now are the top sports in india which are in the media or the limelight uh, why is it that cycling doesn't get that recognition if you see why is why football and why uh, even kabaddi or yeah now uh, kabaddi has also come on uh, cricket mm. you know so if you actually analyze what i have always analyzed it all depends on the governing body mm. how they are presenting the sport they are selling the sport to the sponsors mm. you know when you have properly organized events when you have people uh, properly uh, and uh, properly done events and you know your proper calendar and these things so when you have good athletes coming in that's the time when you have will have proper athletes coming mm. in uh, good performances that's mm. the time you can sell your sport you know even badminton by the uh, by yeah. the way it's come up because basically the governing bodies are doing a good job that mm. is the most important thing and when if the governing body is ha don't have the correct intentions like uh, the state body then the problem is that uh, uh, the sport dies and uh, cycling mm. is an olympic sport so yeah and I, and and people are interested now the problem mm. the thing is that the amount of people i meet who are interested in cycling who go out and buy uh, costly bikes have have drastically increased you know mm. so people are interested people want to see cycling but uh, sadly i think we got to sort out our mess yeah so, is there a way for privatization to take place? Because we have seen Bangalore Bicycle Championship taking place every single year. We have seen uh, Western State Sports Management, WSSM, in Pune taking this. We have seen the Sugar Free and the Tour de Power Guard, which takes place in uh, Gujarat. So, these are some very well-held events. Is this the way to go? If the governing body is not holding any events... You know, that's the way to go because, uh, see, like uh, when my parent association, the Maharashtra Cycling Association, 
bans me from riding the only way i could get racing is i was lucky enough that these people were organizing races otherwise i would not be racing right now mm. and bangalore does a fantastic bangalore they do a fantastic job i went for the nationals totally impressed by how these guys work mm. and you can see that it's it's uh, the actual passion for the sport you know they yes. have the actual passion for the sport they are not doing it to make money out of it mm. or, or anything like that that's very very important we used to have passionate organizers at one time yeah. you know right now the people are holding on to the association post and are holding on to uh, the post uh, other post in the, in the association only i'm talking right. about but it's just because of money it's they are not interested in the sport coming up or the sports happening you uh, show me how many races maharashtra cycling association organizes nothing almost nothing maybe two or three races in a year mm. but uh, but today if you want to do an event and you yeah. say i am doing like velorad velorad used to be organized by joes yeah i spoke with okay. him and if you ask joes he can tell you how much problems uh, these people were creating for velorad because they would uh, say ki yaar we are the parent body uh, the district association is the parent mm. body suburban is the parent body and you are supposed to take permission you are supposed to pay us uh, money mm. for affiliation fees if you are holding any event when you don't do any events and other people are doing it and then the sport is coming up it's like extortion basically yeah. if you ask me it's extortion but so you can you can if you speak to joes you will get to know how how these people mm. are so sadly so if you want to sport to come mm. up first of all the parent body should mm. be run properly and people who deserve to yeah. be there you know who are interested in getting the mm. so what happens to the athletes who are participating in private events do they have a scope for going ahead see uh, see the problem is uh, see right now i am in the masters category so i mm. don't uh, uh, care but see i'm talking for a youngster what used to happen was that uh, most of these private events i think this time cfi gave the permission uh, to cfi the problem with cfi was uh, uh, done well means it was uh, solved by jigar at uh, ahmedabad okay. otherwise they would issue a letter letter that whoever writes these events mm. will be will will be suspended for a season so basically then you cannot get your selection for your national championships and all that you know mm-hmm. so this these kind of things used to happen which is sad because you yourself don't do any races mm. and on top of that you are actually you know depriving of your own boys uh, getting competitions because you need competitions here to improve yeah. you just can't uh, ride two races a year and think uh, and uh, think that you'll uh, uh, you know perform at the national or international level you need competition absolutely which is what uh, i was speaking with navin john who every year travels to belgium for two months just to race every single day exactly which brings him to that competition of the international cyclist and still one needs to be in india how much ever you say you can't be forever in belgium you need to come back to india you need to practice you need to train and uh, it needs to be developed so what's the way forward for this see the way forward actually we should uh, take the mold uh, from uh, uh, the bangalore boys you mm. know they bangalore does a fantastic mm. job you should be having races different kind of races every weekend mm. that uh, you you uh, during the season you know for the boys to you have time trials you have road races you have all sorts mm. of uh, different events yeah. like the bangalore guys do actually it's nothing new because we used to do that uh, 20 25 uh, 25 years back yeah. 30 years back that that is what used to happen in mm. bombay that like i told you that when my parents were racing every every weekend we used to uh, there was mm. a race we would go for a race every every sunday yeah. morning so you know so 
that that needs to and that was done and it there were no private sponsors at that time it was all done by the state body mm. and in bombay the space we don't have we are not getting police permissions you know you need uh, proper police permissions to close the roads to give us space to race yeah. so all these logistics have to be taken care of but they can only be done when the correct uh, people are in the correct post yes right? absolutely otherwise uh, there's nothing you cannot do a race you cannot uh, leave kids in the middle of the road uh, with the traffic going on, left right center that you you'll kill somebody absolutely so a velodrome is very important mm. in fact the the necessity of velodrome is even more because uh, of the the traffic situation in bombay mm. there is no prob- you can have a ra- you can uh, every weekend you can race on the velodrome yeah. you know and and uh, if you uh, there are track events are bloody there are hundreds of different kinds of track events which you can mm. hold and i believe it doesn't take so much of area of, as well it's equivalent to a joggers park no now 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 the current uh, scenario the current uh, specifications for a track is a 250 meter track that's it mm. in fact the nsci track was a bigger track it was a 420 meter uh, uh, track almost mm-hmm. now it's just 250 meters which is hardly any thing you know if you yeah. go to see in a sports complex absolutely that's the that's the international standard of a track now mm. it used to be 333 now it's 250 meters now it is mm-hmm. so that's not much of a land that is required exactly mm. it's just it just requires motivation and it just requires the correct kind of people to come together mm. Mm. right uh, so, so and there i just wanted to tell yes, you one thing sure. and there is land allocated by the government for sports purposes you know mm-hmm. for sports complexes for sportings all over the place i believe in borivali also there is a place which has been allocated in borivali west okay. because mithin i remember mithin mithin talking to me about it mm-hmm. so you know you can all if if your state association is strong your district and mm-hmm. uh, suburban associations are strong they could have always pushed for these things to happen mm-hmm. I don't feel that is the case you know, right now. <laughs> sad. It's sad. I hope things uh, move very quickly and uh, with the rise of people who are interested in cycling, who are taking part in cycling events, who are just getting out for cycling. I see hundreds of cyclists every single Sunday on the road wh- before lockdown. So this just speaks the volume of people who are interested in cycling, and I'm sure. a velodrome will solve a lot of problems that you mentioned right now yeah totally agree and you know that's what we are not tapping into you mm. know that's the main thing which we need to tap into that the, the public interest has grown you know yeah. which we actually were la- lacking initially mm. but sadly we have that now but uh, uh, the other part of the sport is uh, you know suffering yes. because yes. of the ba- because of bad organization right how is it going with the masters category how is the competition the competition is nice it's good it's basically like we are a group of friends yeah. you know trying to kick each other's butt you know <laughs> in the race but afterwards everybody is everybody are good friends it's yeah. great it's a very it's a very uh, very good environment we are having uh, hmm. i do ride with the elites also a lot like wssm all the races although it was masters hmm. also to ride with the elite right. so it's a very uh, w SSM the boys great you know you uh, they make you feel very welcomed yeah. and uh, it's it's very sporting the uh, the the boys are very sporting yeah. the events are well held yeah so and it's like a big family you know big group of friends 
having fun everybody basic the basic idea is used to enjoy, you should enjoy what you are doing true, so true true that's the basic idea true true what are your thoughts about uh, the rise of tech in cycling from where you began in 1985 where uh, it didn't have much of it it was a bare bone cycle with basic gear system carbon uh, 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 wheels uh, uh, we have power meters we have <laughs> we have tons of apps which do these analytics okay uh, on the equi- on the equipment side yes uh, there's been a lot of mm. development uh, with uh, uh, the bikes the frames the wheels mm. everything a- a- every aspect mm. now if you go into the tech you're talking about the apps and the power meter and uh, the heart rate monitor heart rate monitor has been uh, have been around since the late uh, early 90s or something but uh, you know I'm I'm I I do use a, a normal cycle computer. Okay. I and some occasionally, very very occasionally, a heart rate monitor, hmm. which is very much uh, never on the road uh, on my indoor trainer only when I basically want to do intervals. I use a heart rate monitor. Hmm. Of course, a power meter. You see, tech is very good. You know, all these things are excellent uh, to if you use them as an aid. Hmm. Unless and until I hear that they are looking at their computers. Yeah. and even safety aspect is affected by that if you tell me on the roads <laughs> mm. but uh, as long as you use it as an aid but as an athlete i feel that you should be able to sense your body you know how what is working how it's functioning are you pushing it hard enough are you not doing mm. it an aid it is okay that you use it as a training aid mm. but uh, i guess uh, i don't know maybe i'm old school so 85 90% of my training is on feel okay. so even if i have the heart rate monitor i still use feel because if i'm feeling then i'll just disregard it mm. if whatever the feel I, i go for go to the uh, i use the feel first mm. so i guess that's the thing i think uh, kids should uh, train more on feel yeah i'm not saying don't use it uh, i'm saying but uh, you should have an uh, mm. you should be able to feel it right you are a rollers guy i believe yeah totally so what do you suggest for someone who is riding at home uh, should they practice on rollers or an indoor trainer or a smart indoor trainer okay see uh, riding rollers takes if you if you are able to ride on the road doesn't mean you will be able to ride the rollers from day mm. one R- roller riding takes more skill you mm. know there's more skill involved there's more balance involved mm. so it takes a bit of time i have never used a smart trainer so i cannot uh, mm. give any judgment on that mm-hmm. but uh, if you ask me between a stationary trainer and a roller i would say rollers because roller also improves your handling skills right your riding skills mm. uh, and also uh, it it gives you the actual feel of riding mm. you know actual feel of riding both your wheels are turning you're balancing basically you're uh, riding as if as if you're going to ride on the mm. road mm. so i would say between the trainer and uh, a normal trainer and rollers i would definitely ride go ask uh, tell them to ride rollers yeah. i do all my hard sessions also on rollers there's no problem once you get the hang of it once you know how to use mm. them mm. There's sh- there's no problem even pushing yourself hard. You can ride at very very high speeds. You can do sprints on it. You can do ev- all sorts of things yeah. on it. So how does one take all these uh, aids that are there to their advantage to the fullest? You basically you cater your training program. You can uh, have a coach or you can have a, you can follow some training program or something. But I feel that everybody is a different individual. Mm. The trick of the trade is that uh, you should be able to cater it and you know you should be able to modify it. Yeah. to your your needs mm. how what suits you that because that's when you start reading your body and you when you start uh, with experience you will know what works for you what doesn't work for you mm. you know 
especially the other factors like you know everybody is working we are not pro pro riders yeah. that's this is our profession mm. so everybody is working family family commitments work commitments so you know you got to get the best out of it so you have to keep on constantly modifying your uh, training don't waste if you are a busy person and you still want to uh, train don't waste time mm. whenever you sit on the bike like i told you my basic rule is i sit on the bike i don't want to waste any time i want to get the best out of it mm. you might not get hours and hours of training but you can mm. do good with uh, one and a half to two, one and a half hours of training or two hours of training a day and if you are dedicated you can uh, reach quite a level right that brings us to the next question from the audience arup roy choudhary is asking what would be your typical training session on the road be like okay arup is uh, arup is a senior captain with air india he's a good friend of mine okay and uh, usually i do most of my endurance training sessions on the road mm-hmm. so my typical session on the road would be doing at least one and a half hour of hard hard tempo riding on the mm-hmm. road mm-hmm. in plus plus my warm up and my cool down and all that so it would be it would work out like i said uh, if i'm doing it on the eastern express highway mm. going there and uh, training and uh, training and coming back would work out to come out to be about 80 or 85 mm. 85 kilometers mm. or something mm-hmm. like that that will be a normal training session on the road but that uh, 60 kilometers or that 50 kilometers which i spend on the eastern express yeah. would be a medium to a hard uh, tempo ride right and mithen thakkar uh, so he's asking Hi, you <laughs> asad bhai had one of the best legs as a cyclist in the past and even now when we see this photos wow <laughs> so what's your uh, what are you working for your legs <laughs> oh i used to because basically i was a track rider so i used to do a lot hmm. of weight training hmm. because uh, because you are you are like a 100 meter or 200 meter sprinter yeah. when you ride the sprint and the kilometer time trial so my basic and thanks to my dad uh, uh, you know because he was my coach yes. lot of weight training i i still do weight training but not as much as i used to mm-hmm. when i was a, mm. when i was doing the sprint events mm. so i used to do a lot of weight training because you need require definitely require power you know yes in those you you can't get away without doing weight training so a lot of weight training that's the reason for the legs mm-hmm. although they have become a bit thinner now they are not as big as the <laughs> as they used to be yeah you are flying all the time when now that it's a lockdown it's a different situation but things are going to resume very soon so you are flying all the time and how are you taking care of your training because uh, this is a message so, this is, i'm sure a lot of people would be wanting to know how to bring out a balance so basic basic idea is again that uh, the basic rule of mine which i use don't waste time on the bike get on mm. the bike do something which uh, is going to give you an advantage uh, is you're not going to be wasting time on the bike and secondly when i'm on flights uh, i make use of the uh, gyms in the hotels okay. so i would ride the stationary bike or use the weights mm. over there so that's how i keep myself uh, take proper rest right i i'm a food, i i'm not i'm not much into diet frankly okay. speaking <laughs> i like i love to eat so i i use food as motivation mm. so if i have to eat then i have to go to train to keep my weight down mm. so i love to eat so have healthy food have healthy, healthy food take as much as much rest as possible whenever you get the opportunity right. so that's how I, that's how i've been managing it for the last uh, 23 years i've been mm. flying so that's how i've been mm-hmm. managing mm-hmm. it so moving from track to a road are you a spinner or a grinder ha ha okay you can say almost b- both but, mm. but uh, i would say spinner mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. 
okay i usually i usually ride a higher rpm than uh, what the other guys would mm-hmm. ride but i can uh, but i can uh, because of the power training i can use uh, bigger gears also but uh, yes a spinner more i would say more more of a spinner okay cool priya surendran asks i would like to know what cyclist can do to prevent one of the common sports injuries seen in cycling like a knee injury for example the most important thing is get your position right on the mm. bike mm. the saddle height and the fore and aft position of your seat mm. if those two things are catered for mm-hmm. and that is 80% of the job done right then 20 20% more is uh, are things like you do you warm up properly mm. before any intense efforts mm-hmm. you get into a habit of stretching right if you have weaker muscles mm. do a little bit of strength training it's not necessary that you need to go to the gym to do strength training you can do there are a lot of other ways to do strength yeah. training strength to strengthen your knees strengthen your ligaments positioning on the bike is the most important thing mm-hmm. your correct position on the bike and now you have lot of guides you know you can see it on online also mm. they tell you how to set up a basic setup of your seat yeah. the saddle height the fore and aft position of the saddle mm. or if you are riding in a group or something if there are some experienced guys over mm. there tell them to help you out with that but always use your own judgment yeah. uh, the positioning on the bike if it's correct then uh, your 80% of the job is done injury right. prevention got it so astad what's your plan now in the future for the next few years racing wise uh, to let's see i want to race i want to keep on racing till mm. i can of course i'll keep on riding mm. uh, masters looks to be a good yeah. option and hopefully hopefully one day if i'm if i feel i am good mm. enough and i can then maybe i'll go and take part in the masters world championships mm. nice so <laughs> <laughs> that is if i am satisfied that i am uh, good enough yeah. to go huh? that's the that's very important i that's why you know if i don't do anything uh, like uh, i won't go to a race if i even if I know surely I know that I'm going to win mm. but if I am not prepared with my training and I am not satisfied I wouldn't go mm. so mm. if I'm prepared properly once maybe I get some more time maybe maybe after retirement I got 12 years mm. to go so maybe after mm. retirement mm. so try try and keep fit till that time and then maybe you know nice. take a push for a year or two take, push it and uh, uh, prepare yourself and go proper for the masters wonderful any message that you would like to give to uh, you know our uh, future stars of cycling who are getting ready hey, they are all very experienced nowadays mm-hmm. you know everybody knows and i wish them the best of luck and uh, ride safe take care of yourself mm-hmm. and uh, for the young for the youngsters you are into cycling career uh, cycling is a good thing to do but also take care of your career in the senses don't leave your studies don't think cycling is going to if you only do cycling it's going to uh, you got to have a very bright future in a country like india it's good i'm mm. that's what my advice is take care of your career you can do both there's no yeah. problem you can have a career you can have your you have your background in studies so mm. you can get back to it anytime mm. you want so you you can do both if you are enough they'll they'll be able to do both mm. do you have any plans of going in the endurance uh, side my teammate and friend pankaj malesha mm. he has done the ram he has completed the ram in a team of four mm. so he is he is very keen on uh, making our own team you know at least team of two or team of four and mm. trying out the ram uh, 
sometime in the future right. of if the finances come you mm. know into yes i won't mind i won't mind doing it mm. but then again uh, again the same theory i will have to be prepared for it i will have to uh, you know dedicate mm. that much of time mm. so if i can do that i won't mind i won't mind doing it mm. amazing actually I, actually i'll enjoy it actually i think i should enjoy it yeah i hope so and i hope i see you very soon on the road <laughs> because it's been a long time yeah, i hope so i hope so too man yeah it's a marina is a good place to meet yeah yeah and thank you all the listeners who watched today it's the first time that we have tried something i hope uh, the experience was good do let us know in the comments below and also subscribe to the podcast on all the platforms we are there on apple podcast jio savan castbox google podcast gana.com we are everywhere and yes of course on spotify and our parent website eplog.media so thank you for tuning in thank you astad for joining and taking out your time i hope to have you very soon on the podcast once again talking about cycling thanks thanks ron thanks for the opportunity thank you and thank you everybody and yes don't forget to comment down below and subscribe to the podcast because we are getting some amazing episodes to you especially on the podcast Bye.